are you guys before you know come on Twitter and come and say that I came to Salamanca house? They don't give me anything. I made cookies for this man. Why are you calling Let me out say, now? I want to say it now. Out? I made cookies, so he ate cookies. So why if I hear of this, you are this I'm even going to take a picture. Hear ye, hear ye. I am Noel, and this is the Hosting Around with Noel podcast, where we share incredible stories and create a safe space which is built on love and just vibes. Wash your hands, grab a saddle, and let's ride. Hello, guys, welcome to the show. How are you doing? How is your family? How has life been? And if you are new, if this is your first time of joining us on Hosting Around with Noel, you're welcome. And welcome to the place where we talk about everything serious and everything unserious at the same time. Today on this series, let's talk about you. I have a guest, a special guest. I mean, all my guests are always special, but this time around, I came with a celebrity. So um, I'll just say that she is a certified emotional intelligence practitioner and a personal trainer and nutritionist certified i have to put the certified there because you know we still have we have a lot of um self what it is quality it is it self uh, self-acclaimed professionals and she as a matter of fact she's also an auto an auto Mm. My English, or more. She's also an author and a fellow podcaster, hence the celebrity. You see that she's doing a lot of things at once. So please join me in welcoming the Fit Priest, also known as Selema. Hi. Hi, Manu. How are you? How are I'm alright. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, actually. And I'm happy to be in the presence of Sele. Rest, Jerry. Rest. <laughs> so, um, em- let's start with emotional intelligence. Yeah. What inspired you to go down this road that's going from, you know, saying that this is something you love, then even going ahead to get certified in it? What motivated you? What inspired you to go into this field? People do usually need the emotional intelligence talk. So, like... <laughs> Wait, wait, let me be serious now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what inspired? I mean, I've always helped people, right? Like, as regards to, like, emotional intelligence, yeah. conversations and stuff like that. And then one day, I mean, I'm just like... I mean, I, I prayed about it at first, and I'm just like, no, God, I need, like, I need, like, an answer. Do you get to, mm-hmm. like, I do, like, make this thing into the English? Because my English, it didn't really used to be good. So, like, I do make it English-like. Yeah. And so, I mean... Um, after I prayed, I think I said to, I just basically went on like Google and said to like just search stuff, okay. typing out like stuff that like I did yeah. and that I was interested in and like what my conversations basically surrounded around like people that I used to help and talk to. And then that's when I saw emotion and I'm like, oh wow, really? Oh, so, that, ah, so that's what it's called? So yeah, I'm like, okay, so let me get certified because then, I mean, I can now turn this into, um, what my personal brand yeah. really is and separate it from like the fit priest and what the fit, fit priest does. So yeah, that's that's basically what happened. Hmm. And how has the journey been so far? Challenges? Oh my man. <laughs> enjoyment, <laughs> everything. How has it been? Um, uh, mm, I mean, it's been hard. And that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, like anything that you're going to do that's worth doing is yeah. hard. Yeah. It's not... 
it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Like if you really want something, you have to like tell yourself, okay, this is gonna be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely been been hard, but it's had like it's really good moments. I mean, it's put me in a position to be able to. I mean, I've coached like some of the most amazing people, and for me, the core reason why I do I do is yeah. is basically being able to see people go from where they are when they first meet you into like you know, individuals that are just basically flourishing to myself. Of course it's not perfect but then having them like go to oh my god like actually like have confidence in myself. Oh my god like oh wow I can process this situation differently. I can do this instead of this as regards to how typically react in a situation. So yeah for me that's that's usually like the joy that comes with it. So no matter how hard it gets, I typically always remember where like I stand from and where I'm coming from. Yeah. So if um aside emotional intelligence coach, which mm-hmm. you are you're also a podcaster, mm-hmm. Conversations with the Fit Priest. Yep. You're also an author. Um, hundred <laughs> questions before. Um, can, I, can I still remember the title? I know I've read that book twice. <laughs> I've read it wow, twice. Once, I read God. it once on my own. Oh, I think I read it in, once as theory. Then the second one was in practice. Don't ask me what I practiced with. Excuse me, we all know. We all know. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Moving on. All these people that rock stuff. It is okay. Thanks. And uh-uh. calm yes, down. Be calming yes, down. Be calming down. I don't down. need to know. Be calming you. down. Anyway, you are a brilliant author. And then also, you are a fitness coach. Yeah. So how do you how do you even get the drive to do all this? Because I'm actually like, also a baker. Oh, you are even a baker. <laughs> I didn't even add nutritionist. Oh how God. do you do all these things? And I mean, they get overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. People like those of us that are doing very tiny things, we burn out so quickly. Very but sure. yet you are doing a lot of, you are doing all these things. So how do you find the drive for all this and doesn't it get overwhelming sometimes and how do you cope with it? To be honest, yeah, you know how um, there's the inspire to aspire stuff yeah. and when you typically listen to like, stuff like that, you hear, you know, go for what you want and you have to be driven. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really not like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we just be real for a moment? Just one moment, okay. Um, for me, I think that I've had to, I think it comes with being able to center yourself. Okay. And by centering, I mean, what's the core reason why you do what you do? I mean, for all of the things that I do and for the various expressions of me, there's a core for me, do you understand? There's one common reason that spans across everything that I do. And that core reason is being able to see people be better. Mm. Being able to see people be better. Do you get? Being able yeah. to... One of the things for me, and I mean, when I first got saved and like being able to understand like Jesus Christ and how he lived his life yeah. and who he is and everything, for me, it's, um, I want to be able to live poured out. That's mm-hmm. usually what like my mantra is at every given point, I want to be able to be able to like live poured out. And that comes with a lot of, it comes with a lot of, um, what's the word, responsibility and a lot of um, burning out. Do you understand? Because you sometimes don't know how to strike the balance between being called out and being human. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a place where you sometimes forget, oh yeah, I'm human and I'm going to have my own problems and I have my own emotions and I'm going to break out and break down and all of that. So for me, it's always being able to remember and um, what the core of what I do is yeah. for everything that I do. As one, two, <laughs> having a therapist. <laughs> true, true. Because I do usually move mad in my brain. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. And you know, I feel like that's one of the things like 
a lot of people in our generations are doing like stuff yeah. to get not being able to be real like that journalist mm-hmm. and like being able to call stuff as it is and for me like that's one of I think that's one of my strongest points like when it comes to like my personal brand is being able to actually just say stuff the way that they are to be honest enough to admit a lot of things right so yeah, for me like therapy has been a big because like I said I do usually move mad in my brain and I think, I think it doesn't come across like that because my thoughts are always so well put together do you understand yeah. But I'm actually like one of those people that overthink, oh my God, wow, Jesus Christ. I can relate. Man. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. So yeah, so and that's therapy. And also prayer. And yeah. then having like a few people in my life that genuinely understand who I am. Do you understand? People who I can literally just pick up the phone and just like be neck deep in tears. <laughs> and they will just listen and... We'll talk about it and life will go on. Do you understand? And I think one of the other last things is remembering to take a break. Like, remember to take a break. I get so... Try to enjoy you. Problem enjoy. not to finish <laughs> this guy. <laughs> chop life. Let it not chop you. Honestly. Do you understand? So for me, like, there are weeks where, like, I know that I'm, like, it's too much. Do you get yeah. And I just wake up, I know what, I can't do this anymore. And I take a step back. And it's and because of the way that I am, because yeah. I understand like who I am and the way that my mind works and my emotions, when I don't take a step back, it affects every other thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, when with the newsletters, the reason why sometimes yeah. I can't even write is because I'm so burnt out that my brain cannot focus on the thoughts that I need to put down in letters. And the letters are they are very personal stuff, you get. So I never want to write them from a place of let's do can be going, let's do can be going. Mm-hmm. You get I always have to be like back in a space and centered to be able to so yeah for me take, being able to take like breaks is very important so, being yeah. able to take a break yeah oh important it is important very important so let's take it from the top mm-hmm. what is and what is not emotional intelligence I mean emotional intelligence is I mean a basic definition is being able to like basically just saying being able to be intelligent about your emotions that's a like, basic definition Mm-hmm. And um, and it's not like just your emotions and other people's emotions. Do you get because if you are emotionally intelligent and you are perceptive and you can understand you and yourself aware and all of that, then it'll be easy for you to be able to understand other people's emotions and like how they are or when they react to certain stuff. Do you understand? Yeah. So emotional intelligence is not um, oh I can tell you an emotional pacing. <laughs> 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 I can tell you I'm emotional pacing, so I'm just gonna like I'm not gonna talk too much. That's that's my emotional intelligence. It's really not. Yeah. So, mm. so it is more just... about understanding not just yourself, but mm-hmm. understanding other people. Yeah. So if there are, mm-hmm. what are the, like the key elements that an individual needs to understand? before they could say that, okay, I am emotionally intelligent. Um, so there's, in emotional intelligence, something called like the, some, I think it's the five-path frameworks. Okay. So it's basically like what emotional intelligence is broken down into. There's self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy. Um, what's the other one? Uh, I can't remember. Wow. Ting, 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 ting. We understand. We understand. <laughs> Self-awareness, empathy, self-regulation, or self-improvement. Okay. Um, there are two other ones. I'm trying to remember. Okay, yeah, your relationship with others, like being able to understand relationships, mm-hmm. being and 
and all of them basically all of these frameworks there are different things like underneath them like they're broken into yeah. different things do you understand so for like relationships now is being able to resolve conflicts being able to handle conflicts those kind of things self-improvement is or self-awareness um, is knowing who you are knowing what you want knowing how to identify your emotions and basically and then adding self regulation improvement into that is being able to um, regulate those emotions, being able to know where those emotions are coming from and how to deal with those emotions that are coming from. Then empathy is you understanding, okay, this is how I feel and um, being able to extend that to someone else to understand because I mean, you cannot be empathetic to just yourself. Like it has to be to other people. people. So yeah, I mean, there are so many things on emotions. So for you to be able to say, oh, I'm emotionally intelligent, it has to come from all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard someone say to me before, now you mentioned that the five pathways to emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence. And I can remember someone once said to me that to be self-aware, that it equates to being emotional intelligence. Is that true? Or is there an element of truth in in that? To be self-aware means... To be emotional intelligence. Um. Well, yeah, because it's, like I said, there are five parts to yeah. it, right? And I mentioned self awareness. Or if you just have one. Exactly. So that I said, that I said, um, yeah, because <laughs> it's not like if you are self aware, yeah. right? But then you're not empathetic. You don't understand how to deal with relationships. You don't um basically understand that motivation okay yeah that's the last one the motivation and resilience part being like an emotion itself mm-hmm. you don't understand all of that you don't understand how to regulate or improve yourself or how to understand other people's emotions right then are you actually emotionally intelligent mm. you're just self-aware deep question so basically <laughs> all, you are, all you care about is yourself do you get you're just uh, self-aware you know who you, who are. you are and that's not a bad thing you okay. know who you are but then if you know who you are are you empathetic Mm. Like I know who I am and I can be devoid of empathy. True. So it doesn't make me emotionally intelligent in the sense of the word. So in this period, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who are dealing with grief. And by this, I mean, like, I think I will put myself in it. Because last week, for example, was probably the hardest mm-hmm. week in the, all this journey of losing people. Mm-hmm. Because we lost two people the same week, lost different. So how important is it's emotional because now we now we've established that emotional intelligence doesn't just have to do with you. Yeah. It also has to do with being there for others and um, being empathetic. Mm. So how is it important that family members, friends, you know, you just have to be there for people who are grieving without actually pushing them to the extreme or being like all in their space? Mm. How do you deal with or how do you be there for someone that is dealing with, you know, grief? Can I tell a story? Sure. Like, how long is this podcast? Because we'll manage. <laughs> we'll, manage. <laughs> we'll manage. We'll manage. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, my God. Okay, so for me, like, and the reason why I cannot tell a story is because, like, I mean, if you listen to my podcast and, like, you basically know what I do, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basically better at telling stories because it helps me make connects when I have to. Yeah, so. Um, so this is quite recent. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is quite recent and I haven't shared this with anybody. Um, it's only like my close friends I know, but then, I mean, if it helps, what the hell? Uh, so I made a friend. And this friend that I made, <laughs> it was a very special cozy. Yeah. 
I mean, um, you know how you go through life and then you meet a lot of people, right? And yeah. then at some points in your life, you meet somebody and it's just like, God damn it. Wow. 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 <laughs> so, so, yeah, I had the wow moment with this. But I know because he was perfect or anything, do you understand? He was just, he was a breath of fresh air. Mm. Get, I mean, I'm... Shut up. Where will I be a breath of fresh air? <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So he was he was a breath of fresh air. And I mean for me that that's a big thing because I've met a lot of people. Like I've met a lot of people and there's been a lot of human interactions between me and people. Yeah. Especially people of the opposite sex. And when you read the calculators you see all of that come to life and um, I think that sometimes we become um, too used to being a certain way that we don't know how to find the balance and for me the reason I'm telling the story is because it's connected to your question yeah. and so um, I'm a certain kind of way right I mean I teach being vulnerable and being emotional all of that right and I'm all of those things but then um, because of how I grew up and because of the way that I am I've learned to what's the word to tone it down do you understand? Okay. Because um, I've had to be strong my entire life. Like, um, my brother had six cell anemia. My mom had two kids. My father was in there. Do you understand? So there have been points where my mom would need somebody, at least one person who wasn't the conventionally emotional person. The one person who, in the midst of, oh my God, everybody's freaking out. My brother has a crisis. Everybody's crying. One person who could be composed, who could maintain their composure. So in the face of typical emotional stuff that would re- cause you to want to have to react based on your raw emotions. I've learned to not do that, Jiggets, because I've had to remove that from certain situations because mm-hmm. I needed to be the one who had the composed face, who wasn't crying, who wasn't, mommy, everything is going to be fine. With a strong like sense of, I know that everything is going to be fine. Do you understand? So I think that um, a lot of that has translated into who I am now, right? I mean, and aside from that, like, going through my life and meeting people who consistently, oh, you do too much or you care too much or, oh my God, you have to chill. Oh my God, trying to mind your business. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to chill. So, I mean, because of that, um, you get to the place where it's like, okay, let me, like, do small, small. Let me not do too much. Let me not be taken step by step one day at a time. Let me not jump into somebody's business too fast. That person not in that, ah, this one is a mad person. <laughs> Let me not talk to this person again. <laughs> Do you understand? So yeah. in the bid to not push this, my friend, away, I ended up pushing him away because I was too composed. Do you and, and he basically lost somebody. Oh. And in the face of that, I was composed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I wasn't, um... I, I didn't typically dump off the raw emotions that came. Yeah. I and that's the thing about me, like I process moods and emotions and overthink my reactions and oh I cannot be the typically composed. Or I, I have to be typically composed. I can't just, you know, be the way that I feel it in my heart because one person cannot be losing their mind and the other person so who's going to calm the other person down? So you stop and then you tell yourself that, okay, let's be practical and Let's lock up and then give this person space and show up the next day. And but by the time that I did that, I already lost him, and so he stopped speaking to me. Oh, wow. 
yeah so um <laughs> the thing about grief and because i have i'd lost i've lost my father and coming from that space john understand um i didn't want to oh my god are you okay like calling and give this person space let them have like space to breathe small but what i've learned from all of this is sometimes don't calculate don't be composed don't give the person space you get depending on who the person is so being able to typically um ascertain the kind of friendship you have prior to the loss and the kind of person they are prior to the loss should actually tell you that move mad there are times where you should actually move, move mad, mad because the person does need you to Sweet move mad, mad. <laughs> you understand <laughs> and i do feel like if i had listen to the yeah maybe you should actually like because i literally and that's the thing that's the thing i said about overthinking stuff because i literally like in my head i was like okay maybe i should like send messages and call and like write a lot of stuff and ask what was going on and then i'm like no don't do that yeah no 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 don't do it give somebody space to like have their egg together for a few hours you can text in the morning when you have mm-hmm. slept and woken up Mm-hmm. so that you will not be like oh wow you didn't mind your business so, ah, or oh my god I'm trying to cry can you stop calling me <laughs> so in the space of basically I think 8 hours it had gone from I want to be friends with you and I want to talk to you too I really do not want to speak to you can you please email understand? Wow. so um, the thing about grief is you have to understand who the person is and the kind of relationship that you have with the person at first because I'm literally like in the space where you can actually be overly composed you do you understand and i think that the reason why i'm for me is because most of the time i've always had to after i mean after my dad obviously like friends and relationships i've had over the years i've always had to be the one that held it together you get aside and also from like what i said from growing up yeah. so you get to the place where I think I should let me just wait face because the person comes like to me in their head. So me, I cannot like to be like that out loud. So let me hold my safe. And um, what you don't know is in, in trying to be overly emotionally intelligent, you sometimes send off a message that, excuse my French, but you really don't give a shit. Hmm. Do you understand? And if that person interprets the message as a don't give a shit, not as I'm trying to not freak out because you are probably in a place where you're freaking out. So if I freak out and join your freak out, then who's gonna calm which person down? And it's not even like I think me that now lost my father, so I'll not be selfish. <laughs> and then your brain is plenty, plenty things are just going on and you're just like, okay. Do you understand? So in the bid to do that, you actually end up sending a message as to, yeah, it's not my business, you can go and die. And the person doesn't see that. So for them, all they see is the fact that you don't care. And sometimes you can actually just never override that true so meaning you just have to like find the balance exactly find balance find the balance and know who it is you're dealing with because if you don't actually understand that and understand that there are people who require you to move that mad yeah. you get move mad let me know that you can move mad yeah. Yeah? and there are people who don't want you to so you have to be able to understand, understand who the person, the person is and come out of your regular self because like you've constantly been told that you are too much to understand so yeah so as a christian yeah. we know that as christians we have a mandate mm-hmm. to preach the gospel with whatever we are doing so how does a christian 
for you think probably thinking of going into the field like you now using you as an inspiration and so how does the person apply this knowledge that you've gotten yes. to actually infuse it with the gospel where you still pass across the message so basically like killing two birds with one stone mm-hmm. yeah so something like um, that I mean I've had this conversation before with someone that said um, emotional intelligence is in the bible if you and that's the thing there's something called cognitive reframing in emotional intelligence and it basically means your ability to see things from a different perspective if you are looking for emotional intelligence in the Bible, you'll find, you'll it, find it because it's there. Jonathan. And when you, for me, like that's one of the things that was one of it was one of the deepest things. And you know, when you have that like light bulb moment is because when you look at it, right, and you find emotional intelligence in the Bible, it becomes oh wow, so Jesus wanted to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> because wow, my father do have it. He have it in abundance. Ma do. <laughs> and like um, so for example, if you look at love, yeah. kindness is basically rooted in empathy. Empathy literally kindness is the core of empathy. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can decipher kindness like from the standard that we God has put it at, you will see that empathy is is much deeper than Oh, I care about you. <laughs> I really do. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all. It's your ability to genuinely see stuff from other people's perspective and not just yours. Do you understand? Mm. And I think um, for the story I just told, for yeah. me, that's why that's why it's able for is easy for me to accept my faults, even though it hurts that yeah. I've hurt somebody that I actually do care about. Because when I switched and I put myself in his position from the way that he sees it, he's right. So it'll be stupid of me to now go and tell him, eh, well, you're not really right because... You just add fire to me. Please, you? who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it'll be stupid for me to do that. Yeah. Do you understand? Because um, if I'm functioning from understanding emotional intelligence the way that I do and understanding like Jesus and what love really is, right? I can't actually move much, do you get? Because being a Christian, and I think this is one of the things that I often always say on Twitter, being a Christian is, is far more than just walking up to somebody and telling them, Jesus Christ died for you, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But what have you done? I can never make the connect when Christians do that and that's all they do. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying yes, that... Exactly. I'm saying that when I was unsaved, you know how many people told me repent for the kingdom of God's servant? That's not why I repented. Do you understand? That's not why I became saved. Jiget. Somebody has to see love in you. There has to be the mirror of Jesus Christ. And it is hard. Do you understand? But there has to be that. And for me, one of the reasons why I was there to actually look at God again is because I had this senior. She was two years ahead of me in uni. And oftentimes when I go to her room, I would have conversations and she would be praying or you'd hear her praying in the middle of the night for sometimes, because I didn't sleep, sometimes three straight hours. And I'm just like, what seems to be busy? I get problem pass for this room. What's this? <laughs> when I go to her room and I'll talk to her. And she used to have the intimate conversations with me very jokingly. Like, we can sit in and talking about rice that's on the fire that she's cooking and how I'm going to eat the rice and she'll go. Because one day we were, we were having a conversation and she talked about, like, I was talking about stuff that was going on with me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, <laughs> Emma, you know you cannot pay God, Abby. 
Like, mm. uh, you see, bring that <laughs> And I'm like, who is talking? What is what's bringing all this rubbish now? She's not there laughing. She's like, <laughs> like you know when you come and complain and how oh, but I go to church and I give offerings and do nothing happens. She's like, it's God doing it. <laughs> and she was laughing. And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, what does that even mean? She's like, you show up in church, you give offering, you come back, everything stays the same. So you're angry that God is ignoring you because you're giving your money. Because you give your money, so you're being to answer your prayers. <laughs> Much. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, 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 it's not even like that. She's like, you've never genuinely gone with your heart. Never. It's always what you need. Mm. Like for once in your life, maybe, maybe you just by mistake, just maybe go to church and genuinely don't want anything. That's all. And she's like, sometimes that's literally the only thing you need to do for him to answer your prayer. Mm. And I left that room that day. I'm like. Oh no, this guy is rubbish. <laughs> Two years after that was when I became saved. But I never forgot that conversation because when I finally actually went to God with my heart in my room and I said, I don't do this anymore. And I just need to know that you exist. That's the first time my God ever had a conversation with me that head clearly. Like, there was nobody in my room. So it couldn't have been me that was talking. That was the first time. So I did not become saved because somebody told me repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You go to hellfire and die. None of those things ever actually changed me because I didn't give a shit. And so I'm going to hellfire and we're born now. I be Jonathan. Yeah. But then it's the ability to be able to see love in someone else, someone else from the way that she saw me. And she always used to tell me you will be amazing. She's like, you do so many incredible things. And I pray that at some point you genuinely find God. Because if you don't, you have a life that if you do not center it on what is most important, you will lose yourself. And it needs to make sense to me that, oh, this girl, your own Jesus is too much for me. But she's the only Christian I could be friends with because every other person judged me. Mm. And they always did, oh, this is not you. I beg, I beg. Or they didn't speak to me because I was too worldly, mm. <laughs> in quotes, for them. And I used to drink and I used to smoke weed. And she did not ever talk to me about it. They tell me, you need to stop because if you do these things, you go to hell. She never, ever condemned mm. me for it. Do you understand? Yeah. So when I came into God and I stopped, literally, there are people who don't believe till now that I don't drink anymore because it doesn't make any sense because I used to drink. But I would never forget Debbie. Do you understand? Yeah. Because in a time where I needed to find some form of Christianity that did not judge me mm-hmm. for who I was, she was the only person mm-hmm. that first of all became my friend. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh my. It's deep in here. <laughs> I just have to like catch my own breath because what? <laughs> oh oh my God. So in, in 60 seconds. What is that one thing you want everyone who is listening to us right now to get from the whole deep stuff that we've spoken about? Hmm. In 60 seconds? Yeah. The time starts now. Just because you're a Christian does not mean that you should be devoid of emotional intelligence. And sometimes the appearance or the ability to be able to be emotionally intelligent is sometimes what's going to save somebody. And it might not be in that moment. But there are conversations that will never leave a person. And this is coming from somebody who <laughs> never believed that Jesus Christ existed mm. to who I am now. Mm. So the insensitivity, the 
judgment, the you're going to hell, the oh my god, wow, I can't speak to you because you're so mild. Oh my god, you don't believe in Christ, so we can't have a conversation. Oh my god, uh, mm. it needs to stop. The fact you are Christian does not mean you can't be empathetic because they all work hand in hand with each other. Yeah. So now, so the most important question, mm. which will now determine if you are coming back to this podcast, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. <laughs> Team Pounded Yam or Team Amala? Where are you pitching your tent? Amen. Um, 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 it depends on the soup. <laughs> oh, boy, what is, what is sitting on the face? My guy, pick one side. Pick one side. Oh, my God. Pick one side. Team Pounded Yam like or Team Amala? I both of them. Today, you must pick one. Pick one. Okay, let me give you a soup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, give me a soup. Give me a soup. Let's say vegetable soup because I know I cannot mention everything on this podcast. Ah, why not? Please, that conversation is for daddy. You hate a ghosting? Not like I hate it per se, but like, you know, you just, there are some, there are some, there are some names you don't mention in this house. Oh. In this oh. house. So, you are giving vegetable soup and you are giving pounded yam and amala. Which one are you going with? Pounded yam, of course. The conversation wait, has ended. Okay, wait. The conversation <laughs> has ended. Pounded yam too. Amala zero. This is my agenda. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I think I also want to add one last thing. Okay. Um, so the question that you said, um, like being able to infuse Jesus Christ and yeah. that got us on this long, deep conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say for people who are just starting, Christian creatives who are just starting, who um, are struggling with, because there are a lot of people who are silently struggling with yes. finding a balance yes. or one too afraid to add Jesus to. Whatever. Um, I want you to remember that. Sometimes it's not just about adding his name to a conversation. Mm. You have to become who he is. And um, like I always say, you are sometimes the only Bible that some people will ever open. And I didn't open a Bible till two years after me and people stop speaking. So sometimes you have to, in who you are and in what you put out and in the energy that you're able to give out and all of that, there has to be it always pointing to a certain level of probably vulnerability, love, kindness, all of that that doesn't make sense for the regular human being. Somebody has to actually always question, nah, eh, eh. there's something behind this, your own, ah, ah, what's that? It cannot thing? just happen like that. And no. um, I mean, it took me a while to understand this <coughs> thing, but to err is human and to forgive is divine. We say it a lot and we don't yeah. get it, Jonathan, because it's just a sentence. But, um, this is my last thought. To err as human means that as a human being, you're always going to mess up. Mm-hmm. You make mistakes, you offend people, blah, 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 blah. To forgive is divine. It's that forgiveness does not typically come from human beings. Mm. It's not a human being general characteristic. That's why to forgive is divine because it comes from God. Because the kind of forgiveness that you need to work with on earth does not make any sense to the regular human being. So to err is human and to forgive is divine is that people will make mistakes. Forgiveness will always come from a point of you stepping outside of your typical humanity. Because with your typical humanity, forgiveness is not an option. But when you step out of it and go into the divine of who you are and who God needs you to be, forgiveness is divine. So as you come up, just remember that you can mention his name and you can say Jesus Christ, right? But remember that behind closed doors, be exactly who it is you are when you put out content. Because um, for me, and that was the biggest game changer for me, is I always struggled with, oh, what am I going to put out? What am I going to say? Blah, blah, blah. And then one day I was praying about it and God went, just be you. Be the exact person you are when be we have you. conversations yeah. to other people. 
and let other people see you for the you that you actually are not the person you pretend to be mm. and the you that you actually are is being able to exist from a point of my own life do you understand who it is that I am and what it is that I give off right so being able to do that and just knowing that okay fine and and I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes you move mad sometimes mm-hmm. but being able and I think one of the things for me is every time that I move mad or in the place where I'm about to move mad yeah. or I do it there's always me coming back to the oh I'm sorry and I didn't mean it this way and blah 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 but being able to take responsibility for your actions and who you are and the mistakes that you make is what actually causes growth so yeah thank you for having me home the podcast you. thank you so much and you guys before Emmanuel come on Twitter and come and say I came to tell the man's house they don't give me anything I made cookies for this man why are you calling Let me out say now I want to say it now out? I made cookies so I ate cookies so why if I hear of this why you are this I'm even going to take a picture guy. Why are you adding? Okay, guys. <laughs> Bye. So, thank you very much, Cinema, for um, coming on the show. And thank you for being part of our team, Team Pounded Yam. This ministry is moving forward. Amen, amen, amen. So, um, guys, you heard it. Emotional intelligence is not just about you. It's about the next person by your own side. And I hope you were able to gain a lot from our preaching. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and your family. And until next time, stay jiggy.